Hi guys, uh, it's me, also Chris. Um, as you know, we're on break, which means we're finding ways to do more work than we need to. So, doing what I do and how this normally goes, uh, I have official, not unofficial, official third leg of our show, Justin 3000, Justin Stewart, what am I supposed That's to fine. call Justin it? 3000. Justin, Justin 3000, yeah. here with us in the studio today. Hey buddy. Hey. It's our post Christmas episode. Yeah. I, I have a uh, certificate that's being emailed to me by, by Chris that I'm the official <laughs> third leg. So, he stole jail mail, and normally we do horror, but yeah, another one of the things Justin and I are both massive fans of is pro wrestling. And to say this has been an interesting re- year in professional wrestling is an understatement. <laughs> and so little of it has to do with what's actually on screen. Bro, like had I had had you say what what do you think is going to be the wildest shit that happens? I would have not been able to guess. No, it, it, it would have been Cody Rhodes. It would have been. In February, yeah. it would have been Cody Rhodes. Correct. And then 16 other things happen. <laughs> um one I don't think we know much on and so I just kind of want to like briefly touch on it before we start kind of going like honestly month by month just to kind of deal with like sure the fallout of pro wrestling was um, the sexual harassment allegations that Kota Ibushi made against New Japan. Did you even hear about that? No. Yeah. Uh, so he hasn't been seen on TV since. No one knows if it was kind of him pulling, and we'll touch on this later, an Andrade mm. uh, situation where he was just trying to get fired because he wants to go work. With AEW or what? Um, but yeah, Kota Ibushi just claimed sexual harassment from New Japan. Okay, just New Japan in general? Because I will say, New Japan is, aside from Forbidden Door and all the stuff that led up to AEW, yeah. uh, New Japan is something that I don't... I, I rarely get to catch up on it. Yeah, I'll like... I'll catch, like, really, really, really good matches. Like, yeah. Osprey wrestled Okada a couple times right. this year. Right. I'll, I'll look... I'll try and find those. Right. And anything that you suggest to me, I'll watch, of yeah. course. But, yeah. And I'm dear friend Toy Vomit. Anything he throws our way yeah. is also probably going to be watched. Um, but, like... So, first things first. You know, starting in January... And, honestly, January had two kind of big... But also disappointing back-to-back weeks with... Mm. Because we were super stoked for the world on GCW. Yes. A lot of people were saying this was kind of going to be GCW's coming out party. And, you know, their first shot at, like, the limelight. They were in the Hammerstein. And they're, like, known for their extreme style of wrestling. Right. And it was this whole thing of this is the first, like, real, quote-unquote, real post-COVID show. Yeah. Where, you know, Hammerstein Ballroom... You know, the whole thing has opened up, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, everybody was super stoked to, to watch what happens. Easily their biggest crowd ever. Easily. And and before the show, I, I would have told you, dude, this is going to be it for GCW. Like, if you could buy stock in GCW, it would be right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then the show just... And I, I hate to say this, it really under-delivered. Yeah. Um... The the trio's luchador match went long, which cut time off the main event. Um, Effie wrestled Jeff Jarrett, and Jarrett went over because he's Jeff Jarrett. And like there Gross. was Effie was on this like huge rise in GCW. People yeah. were talking about like him being the guy to dethrone John Moxley. Yep. And it didn't happen. AJ Gray had a. Um, uh, not even really the lowest point for him of the Correct. year. Uh, but that, like, you know, I, I've seen that botched ladder spot pop up on Reddit ten times this year. And that's not me taking a shot at these guys. It was the biggest stage most of them have ever been on, aside from um, if they wrestled on, like, AEW Dark or something yeah. like that. Uh, It I, felt very, like, it, the... I, I don't know. The performances didn't rise to the level of uh, eyes that were on this thing. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like it. It like I get the vibe that a lot of the card were still thinking that they were, you know, in a parking lot in New Jersey. Yeah, or like. <laughs> 
a bar in front of a hundred people. Right, right. And it it and I'll and I'll say, look, I'll like I am I am I am a forty five year old overweight bald dude. So like I am not gonna get in and take any sort of light tube shots or anything no. like so like so like don't don't think that I'm shitting on these people's uh, ability or talents, but it's a it's a thing where it's like when when it's that high profile of a show, like you gotta show up. Yeah, man, like it, you gotta show up. It felt like sanitized GCW. Correct. Um, yeah. And you know they were advertising a mystery, uh, like mystery opponents for the Briscoes in the main event. And just in December, all that stuff with FTR and the Briscoes had come out, so everyone was like, "FTR is allowed to go wrestle wherever." Yeah, it's going to be FTR. AEW and FTR have had like you know AEW and GCW were working together a lot. Thunder Rosa showed up in a battle royal in the yep. like pre-show. Like there was a lot of stuff there, and I'm not saying like the crowd went ballistic for Nick Gage, but. Nick looked awful. Like, and I understand he had some health issues. He was injured. I'm really glad Nick Gage is doing better. Yeah, I, man. We're, we're, I'm wearing an MDK shirt <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, it just and the match only going. I think something insane, like six to eight minutes, felt rushed yep. and yep, incredibly quick. And you know, I was coming down with COVID, so that didn't help anything either. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's fast forward um, six days. Royal Rumble 2022. Uh, my most f- looked forward to event every year. Um, I, I, I love Mania. Mania is always the thing I normally like have the biggest crowd for. The the most like attendance. And you know, it's this whole big two-night extravaganza. Please make it one night again. Um, but like the Rumble just... It opened with Seth versus Roman, which was great. And then it went downhill. Yeah. Um, the, the the WrestleMania sign catching fire was <laughs> kind of the perfect way to kind of describe that show. Sure, sure. Um, you know, three matches. Three matches on a six-match card were used to build Roman and Lesnar at Mania. Because mm-hmm. you had uh, Roman beating Seth, Roman costing Lesnar, and then Lesnar coming out as a surprise at the end of the men's rumble and yeah. winning in, from the time he entered to the time the bell rang was two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is still, you still have to remember, this is uh, this is st- uh, still Vince Stranglehold. Vince, Vince Stranglehold. Yeah. Um, and again... I'm a 37-year-old overweight guy with long hair. I'm not taking these bumps or anything. I'm not either of the people I'm about to talk about. You know, they acted like McIntyre was a surprise. He'd only been gone for three weeks. They acted like Lesnar was a surprise when anyone could have seen it coming. So your only two genuine surprises for the entire match were Shane McMahon and Bad Bunny as back-to-back entrants. (laughs) And one of the first dramas we really have to like touch on, which is going to be a common theme moving forward. Mm. Um, Shane apparently showed his ass so much that Vince fired him the next day and used the phrase, as long as I'm alive, you will never get another pop. Uh, People are talking about how like he wanted the entire match to revolve around him, eliminating... Uh, fan favorite Kevin Owens yeah. going toe to toe with legit MMA fighter Matt Riddle. Um, yeah, just everything felt terrible. Like, I mean, you know, the match was. Uh, I watched with dear friend of the show Travis. I've mentioned Travis on air a few times. Travis, if you listen to this, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> like when AJ got eliminated, he just goes. And it was by Madcap Moss, of all people. Of all people. Yeah. He goes, I just kind of want to turn it off. Yeah. And I felt that. Like, yeah, it was a colossal waste of time. Yeah, the only reason, like, after that, you just sort of kept watching uh, just in case something else happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, 
just the stark difference in Ronda Rousey from 2018 to 2019 and Ronda yeah. Rousey from 20 in 2022. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's been bad booking and we'll touch on that shortly again more, but like, again, instant her music hit. It's like, there's your winner. And sure. the, the news had been leaked that she was apparently going to be making an appearance. Yeah. So it just kind of fell flat and let's move past January February was kind of a dud. AEW had Revolution, which was headlined by... Um, I forgot that, yeah, that actually he- happened. It was headlined by Hangman and Adam Cole, which was okay. cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that was a good match. Had the dog collar match with yeah. MJF and yeah, CM yeah. Punk, which was good. Yeah. Um, one of the last pay-per-views for AEW for the year where we're not going to talk about drama <laughs> um, yeah. or injuries or anything like that. Right. Um, Actual wrestling matches. So, fast forward... Past that, Elimination Chamber was pointless. They put the belt back on Brock, which everyone could have seen coming, and they did that stupid injury angle with Lashley to have him taken out of the match. Yep. And on to Mania. <laughs> um, like... You want to do Mania Night 1 first? Yeah. Uh, fucking Rick Boogs, man. That's a bummer. That is a huge bummer. Uh, because, like, again... Vince still having a stranglehold on on the booking and everything at this time. Like, Rick Boogs was a shining uh, light in the WWE at this point. Um, He just brought uh, a very fun energy. And it was was fun to watch him do what he does. And then his knee was like, nope. (laughs) Both the Usos up for like a fireman's carry or... I don't know what he was going to go for, like a double backdrop or something like that. No. His knee buckled. He was injured. Um, Trying to kind of like look at this. Logan Paul, who cares? Bianca versus Becky, probably the best women's match of the year. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I saw some wrestling thing on YouTube that was saying this is probably the best WrestleMania women's match ever, and... The only one I might lean towards more is Sasha and Bianca from two years ago. Okay. Um, or was that just last year? Holy shit, that was just last year. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, uh, two black women headlining WrestleMania, you like the emotion yes. on both of their faces, yes. and then just that hair whip at the end of the match that oh. sounded like a fucking gunshot. <laughs> yes. Um... The two big stories coming out of night one. Uh, well, and actually, let's touch on this before we go to the two big ones. Uh, Ronda losing her Mania match to a big boot from Charlotte Flair. Clean. Yes. Is just this huge fucking why. Like, mm. you know, they wanted to build up Ronda as a uh. name and someone that was going to... Excuse me. Hello. And someone that was going to be important. Um, and then it just kind of goes out the window. Like you can't have someone who's never lost a match clean. Cause you know, they had that whole thing at mania 35 where her shoulder was up, but right. the ref had to count three cause her hand got broken. Yeah. Um, and then just to come and lose in such spectacular fashion was just kind of. Yeah. Meh. It was very meh. So, um, but the two big stories are, and we already kind of like touched on this at the beginning, was, you know, what, sh- what, what, even at this point, what I thought was going to be the biggest story of wrestling for the year was one of the founders of AEW coming back to WWE with Cody Rhodes. And you saw it, like, everyone saw it coming, but it was still just so fucking cool. It was very cool. And it's, like, that's a thing, too, where you, you know, because... You know, dirt sheets exist, uh, Twitter exists, you know, spoilers are all over the internet. So it was not a, not a surprise, right? Like everybody sort of knew this was happening, but then to see it, like it's, it's still, it was still really fun and it's still really exciting. And, and you're like, holy shit, this, you're, you're witnessing something that has never happened. Feud of the year? Cody and Seth? How do you have a feud of the year when you, they just had one match? Or two, well, two matches? No, they had three? They had three pay-per-view oh, matches. Oh, yeah. they had three pay-per-view matches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, 
And I, yeah, I, I've waffled on this between like, I mentioned my, my, my five wrestlers for the year mm-hmm. um, as uh, Moxley, Bianca, Seth, Osprey, and Dax Harwood. Mm-hmm. And um, Rollins has just had an amazing year. And, you know, like, I feel like Rollins is kind of that dude you can put with anyone, but like, you know, having him and Cody just felt big. And, you yeah. know, they. Everyone knew it was coming. Seth was like leading into Mania. He was doing his whole like, I don't have a match. What am I going to do? So he's like, you know, making this big deal about going to corporate and seeing Vince. And yeah. Vince is like, you're Seth Rollins. Of course you're going to meet WrestleMania. And he's like, well, who am I wrestling? He's, you'll see. Does it matter? And he's like, no, I'm Seth Rollins. Right. Right. So Cody and Seth was cool. It was like, and the fact that it was the same presentation of Cody, there was mm-hmm. no change. Yep. Bleach blonde hair, same shitty song, uh, same gear, same like they didn't even change the American Nightmare logo. No, like, no, no. They and and also too, what a wild, what a wild thing that Cody Rhodes was in a position of leverage that the WWE had to license his logo from him. Yeah, like holy shit, like that that uh, doesn't happen. So and then. <laughs> the match I had never like in my wildest dreams on a video game I could never have even thought about this Stone Cold Steve Austin headlining Wrestlemania against Kevin Owens and also like th- this was the thing that cemented the fact that Kevin Owens is a fucking star yeah like holy shit like the way he played everyone up to this like leading up to Wrestlemania and like just the whole the whole KO show shit in the ring yeah. was incredible. Oh man. Yeah, and uh you know, I mean it was I was concerned was it gonna be like a Goldberg thing where it was like four minutes of just him beat or like, you know, a Bret Hart thing from ten, twelve years ago where yeah. it was just gonna be him beating the shit out of Kevin Owens and doing a stunner and like calmly pinning him and that's it. Yeah. No. No, they went in on each other. They went fucking in on each other. And it was a ton of fun. And, you know, like, when he took the suit, Austin, with his history of neck and knee problems, taking a suplex on the fucking concrete. Yep. Was great. And don't get me wrong, Owens took a lot more, like, through the table, all that stuff. Like, he was a rag doll. Yes. And I, talking about him again, I think if Austin is wrestling in L.A., Seth Rollins. Sure. Totally Seth Rollins. Sure. Um, but seeing Austin come back, and dude, if you haven't looked, like watch one of his, and no joke, if you want to see probably the most in-shape 58-year-old man you'll ever see, watch Austin's workout videos on his Instagram page right now. The dude is, he says he's not training for a match, but... He's training he's for a match. He's training <laughs> for a match, yeah. Um, so let's move on to night two. And da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of good matches, but I think the most fun match of the entire Mania weekend has to be Knoxville and Sami Zayn. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, you talk about on the show uh, about how shitty wrestling fans are, um, and I agree wholeheartedly. Absolutely, and. <clears throat> This was the match that got everyone's fucking shit in a bunch, right? Like, all the people were just were just talking mad shit about this whole angle with Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. But, oh my god, that match is incredible. Yep. That match is incredible. And, like, talk about a superstar. Again, Sami Zayn. Like, he's the best shit that they have right now. Like, Sami Zayn can work with anyone. Yeah. He he and Rollins, I think, are like the two dudes who you can put with anyone. Yeah. Um, and I want to touch on another disappointment. Um, yeah, we man slamming Sami Zayn was fucking sick. It was the again. He will Sami can will will work with anyone. And you also had the jackass dudes. Like it wasn't a gag. Yeah. Like they they went after each other. Like they went in on yeah. Sami. Like they they tried. They, I mean they did they did their best. <sighs> And maybe I had this next match built up in my mind too much. Maybe I didn't, but um, Edge versus AJ mm. 
under-delivered with the whole Damien Pre... Like, using that to build the Judgment Day instead of doing that the next night on Raw was kind of stupid. Yeah. You could have very easily had AJ go over, have Edge be mad about it the next day, Judgment Day forms. Yeah. Um, then there's not really much to touch on aside from that. LOL, Roman wins. Um, Shocking. Kind of fast forward... Not much in the way of shit in WWE happened in May. I actually, like, the night after Mania was so bad and I cared so little about the product. I tuned into one of their pay-per-views and caught the, whatever, I think, Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash, whatever the hell it was. I caught two matches mm. on that and it was RK Bro and McIntyre versus Usos and Roman and then Seth versus Cody too. Yeah. Those were fine, whatever. Uh, the big, the first big story in wrestling in May, though, I would say was, uh, was that May? When did Sasha and Naomi leave? Yeah, April or May. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk about something while I'm looking this up. I'm bad prepared. <laughs> no, man. No, it's all good. Like keeping, because like I, I had forgotten a lot of this stuff. Uh, now that you know you're you're bringing it back up. May sixteenth. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. So they walked out on May 16th and have yet to be seen since. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, Sasha Banks' name has been, like, all over the place every fucking week mm-hmm. since she's disappeared. And I get that. Like, people are people are wanting to see where she goes, see where, you know, where she lands. But I can't think of anyone, aside from maybe Bray Wyatt, who has just been talked about since their release slash disappearance. And not like in the past couple of years. The biggest name I think that's ever been spoken about that way is CM Punk. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, they walked out on the... It was the May 16th edition and there are various stories about what was supposed to happen. The rumor is uh, Naomi was supposed to win a, a six-woman match on um, Raw to determine the number one contender for Bianca. Sasha was supposed to win a number one contenders match to see who was going to wrestle Charlotte or Ronda. I can't remember who had the belt at that point. Um, But they were both going to lose and they had just had this big moment at Mania where they won the women's tag belts. And they were both like, no. Yeah. And just (laughs) dipped. Just dipped. Just walked the fuck off. Uh... So and also bravo like bravo oh, if, you, fucking if you yeah if you um what a way what a way to protest yeah <laughs> you know to just say fuck you yeah i'm done <laughs> and you know they they the, the, the like the thing that's gotten me is are they still working like are they still getting their downside right now like are they still getting a check every week are they still, like if sasha merch sells is she still getting a, a check or is there a walkout clause where she ain't getting shit i would assume that there's she's been making no money yeah. from WWE. Yeah, she's done. They've both done like some modeling stuff and things like right. that. Right, and she's done meet and greets. Like Sasha was at C two E two, so yeah. Um, so fast forward again, end of May. Oh, I guess we need to touch on a couple weeks before then. Is the workers' rights line from Hangman Adam Page, which kind of set a whole bunch of shit into motion. Oh, boy. Um, Punk and Page were kind of leading up to their match at All Out. and Or no, not All Out. Uh, double or Nothing. And Hangman drops this line uh, that says, you talk a lot about workers' rights when all you really care about is yourself, or something along those lines. Referencing a seven and a half year old at the time interview that Punk did after he got fired from WWE, after he left with Colt Cabana, and one that led to a few different lawsuits, his big fallout with um, Colt, and you know, it just kind of added all this fuel to it. Their match was fine. Um, the pay-per-view had, did not need to go until one fifteen in the morning. Should no we? pay-per-view needs to go until one fifteen in the morning. No, man. Tony, if you're going to have four-hour pay-per-views that end at midnight every fucking four months, do them on Saturdays. I don't know why your next pay-per-view in February or early March, whenever the fuck it is, yeah. is going to be on a fucking Sunday. Nobody cares, bro. No one cares. I mean, people care. 
Not me. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the other thing, too. Like, if you're going to book a four-hour event, come on, man. you gotta you got to give us a day. you yeah. got to give us a day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, Hangman uh, referencing... That interview. <laughs> that interview. Is going to uh, lead into a very lengthy part of our discussion shortly. Yes. Um... Double or Nothing was a fine pay-per-view, I thought. I can't really remember too much about... Oh, shit. Double or Nothing weekend. MJF no-showing the the meet-and-greet. Yes. You know, he no-showed a meet-and-greet. Um, basically came out and said... Uh, well, he didn't come out and say anything. Got squashed by Wardlow on the pay-per-view the next day. Uh, there were rumors that a ticket had been purchased for him to leave. Like, that he was full-on just... Bouncing on the entire show. Yeah. Um, lead into the show, he takes, what, what was it, like 10 power bombs or yes. eight or something like that? It was Ten. something ridiculous. Yeah. Gets cleaned, pen, like pinned, clean, whatever, blah, blah, blah. There, that, done. Uh, only other thing I really, like, I, I thought that really stood Oh, Athena made her debut, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but Punk wins the world title. Yeah. First time, Punk beats Paige. He goes over clean in a fairly decent match, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, he goes over and then Wednesday he's coming out. They're doing the match or the show in L.A. He stage dives into the crowd and apparently, mm-hmm. in his own words, shatters his right foot. <clears throat> so... He comes out on a live rampage two days later and relinquishes the AEW title. That is, uh, I think that may have technically been June first. Or no, that was the that was the the he fucked up the buckshot lariat. No, he broke his he, oh, broke, he broke his, his foot, foot Wednesday. Okay, okay, yeah, he that's broke right. his foot Wednesday. Okay, that's uh, right. Stage diving into the crowd because he said he basically just like full on like the top of his foot just nailed the top of the guardrail. Ugh. That sounds painful. Yes. Um, that brings us into June. AEW does their... Oh, yeah. I'm thinking too far ahead. I was... I was no, thinking. no, no, dude. We're, we're, we're like three months from yeah. that. Yeah. AEW, uh, <laughs> a few things happen. Oh, oh, Anarchy in the Arena. One Anarchy of my favorite arena. matches of the year was Double or Nothing as well. Brian gets injured. He was supposed to wrestle uh, Zack Sabre Jr., at Double or Nothing, or uh, Forbidden Door was the name of the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And he can't, so they bring in Claudio, which was an awesome debut. Um, they set up this quick tournament for who's going to be the interim AEW world champion, yeah. and Moxley wins. Mox is world champ. That's really all the big news from AEW in the month of June. I think, I can't remember when Jeff Hardy got his DUI. Oh uh, yeah, that was shortly. No, it was. That was May or June. It was like, but I can't. remember It was which right one. around. Yeah. And. But at the same time, like, I just want Jeff to be healthy. Like wrestling might not be for him for the rest of his life. Like, yeah, it's probably too much. Um. But speaking of injuries and health, two days or the day before Hell in a Cell, Cody Rhodes tore his back. Just ripped his titty right off. Ripped the whole fucking thing off, man. <laughs> and, you know, everyone knew about it. He talked about it. He said he was still wrestling. And, you know, you think, like, oh, it might look kind of gnarly. And then he takes his jacket off and his entire right peck and his the entire upper half of his right arm are purple. And then he goes on to wrestle something like a 25-minute Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Which are basically just glorified hardcore matches at this yeah. point. Um, yep. So, yeah. And did you see the picture of Cody the day before surgery? No. Where the bruising was all the way down to his wrist? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they said he had so much blood just in his body, he almost hemorrhaged during the surgery. Jesus. But, yeah. Uh, don't wrestle a pro wrestling match if you have a torn pec. Yeah, I mean, I know that you want to be a badass, and I know that, you know, it's like you, you, you live and die by your, your sport, but holy shit, man, like, there's, like, you are, you are potentially not being able to use a limb for the yeah. rest of your life. 
Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Added a lot of drama to a very interesting story. Only match on that pay-per-view watch. I was so checked out from WWE at that point mm-hmm. that, like... And again, elevated Rollins. Yeah. Uh, uh, all I did, I turned on the TV just in time to see the beginning of Cody's entrance, and I was like, this is all I give a fuck about. Yeah. So, um, that takes us to July, and... So, in July, the Wall Street Journal did a little story. They did. Did they? They did. They did a little story about Vince McMahon paying hush money to an ex-female um, wrestler from WWE uh, because he had forced her to give him oral sex. And the hush money amount ended up being $7.5 million. So... And Vince bought WCW for... $3.5 million. So, the investigation comes out, and everything, like, I mean, you know, Vince is stripped of his CEO title, but holds on to creative for a few weeks. Keeps on, like, finding ways to come out on TV. The big rumor is, after he made his first appearance on TV, after the rumors came out, and, you know, the crowd still kind of cheered, a lot of boos. Yeah. Kind of cheered, a lot of boos. Yeah. Kind of like Elon Musk at a Dave Chappelle show. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But, uh, the rumor is the, he made his first appearance, comes back, throws the curtain aside and goes, fuck him. And so the Wall Street Journal decided to keep digging, found something insane. Like I want to say somewhere between, and this is, don't get me wrong. I understand we're talking millions here, but somewhere between 12 and $23 million. Yup. Of hush money and payouts between him and John Laurinaitis. I'm surprised Daniel Bryan wasn't arrested for murdering his father-in-law. Man. Um, but all that happened. And Vince ended up saying uh, on Twitter, he was like, the age of 77, I've decided to retire. Sure you did, bud. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So the day Has that, nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, the day that news drops, it's July 30th that he announces his retirement. Lesnar is supposed to make an appearance on SmackDown, goes up to Hunter, goes up into the writer's room and says, if he's gone, I'm gone, and fucking walks on SmackDown. I don't know what Trips did to get him back. Triple H has said in multiple interviews it wasn't a work. He basically had to, like, get a hold of Heyman to get a hold of Lesnar to like work some sort of deal out sure. to like get sure. this going. And um leading into that like was just because uh, you know they had SummerSlam the next day and just what do you like how do you the fuck do you do? Yep. Like your main event match is supposed to be a last man standing match between Lesnar and Reigns like my, my whole thing, I remember texting, I can't remember if I texted you, I know Travis and I were talking about it, and I was like, if he's gone, you just do a triple threat with Roman, uh, Seth, and Riddle. Because Seth and Riddle were uh, in the midst of their rivalry at that point. Yeah. And that's just, that's the direction I would have gone. Um, They end up getting Lesnar back, he makes his appearance, SummerSlam happens, uh, Bailey makes her long-awaited return. Yes, with damage control. Damage control. Which man, nothing has lived up to that debut. Man, that's a uh, that's a whole other conversation uh, <laughs> uh, about disappointment, you know. Because I remember, like when when Eo Sky slash Shirai's music hit, I was amped. I was like, "Oh shit!" When fucking, here it is. When Dakota Kai came out, I think I shot off your couch. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So. SummerSlam, actually, I would probably say, well, no, no, because Clash at the Castle was a thing. Yes. Uh, but SummerSlam was probably their second best show of the year. Agreed. Um, and uh, Lesnar lifted the ring with a tractor. He lifted the ring with I, a tractor. And, and here's the thing that, that I'm, I'm sort of rolling around in my head is like, would we have gotten that if that was Vince's call? No. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, um, but at the same time, like, I don't, it's hard to say. Like, it's hard to say who called that. And we have to back up here in a minute because yeah. I just forgot a massive thing that happened okay. in March. Yeah, 
Um, but I, I, I don't know. Like, was that still a match that Vince had been booking? Is that what his plan was? Because I don't feel like you can plan to, like, lift the ring with a tractor, like, day of show. But right? I could be wrong. Um, so the next night, after, after SummerSlam was an unfortunate show I watched. <laughs> Ric Flair's last match. Uh. The undercard was so good. Yeah. The undercard was so fucking good. <laughs> but there's this great shot of Flair on the outside of the ring huffing and bleeding and it's Mick Foley, Undertaker, Michelle McCool, and Bret Hart are all just sitting there and all four of them just have this look on their faces of like, why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah. You don't have to do this, man. Yeah. Um, undercard was great. Overall, their show was a, like, you know, the main event kind of tainted the rest of what was a good show. Flair talked about how he passed out twice during the match. Yeah. Kid Rock was in attendance because, of course, he was. Sure. Um, we have to rewind to, like, February or March. I can't remember when exactly it happened. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I well, I for- think, well, we forgot about it because he's not done a goddamn thing with it. <laughs> like, you would think that if you're announcing, hey, I bought fucking Ring of Honor, arguably one of the best indie companies to ever do it. Yeah. Right? Like, you would think with an announcement like that comes, hey, here's Ring of Honor TV, or we're going to show Ring of Honor uh, on our YouTube channel, or blah, 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 blah. Like, you would think that that would also mean, here's access to Ring of Honor, which is something no one had. Why they haven't turned Dark Elevation into a Ring of Honor show until they can get a Ring of Honor TV deal is beyond me. Just a fucking whiff. Um, but it did lead to three of my favorite tag team matches of all time. God because goddamn, damn, the FDR and the Briscoes just tear it down every time. Yep. Uh, so fast forward August, um, and the season of comebacks. <laughs> Dexter Loomis, Hit Row, Carrying Cross, Scarlet Bordeaux. Um, I can't remember Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae. I know there have been more like Tegan Knox, Bronson Reed, Braun Strowman, but a lot of these were all just kind of music hits. Here they are. Yeah. But the White Rabbit is probably the best viral thing WWE's ever done. And that's, to me, that is, that is what you get when you have someone who is, is creative as Bray Wyatt is. Yeah. Like, Bray Wyatt knows what to do, uh, and, and has good ideas. So I think that that was a huge problem leading up to his release is that, you know, Again, like I can't imagine being a creative person and not being allowed to be creative. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason you're there. Like yes, you are a professional wrestler. Yes, you you put on a show, but you are also a a part of this uh team that that creates your character, creates your persona and helps foster uh storylines and stuff. So like you have to have those people involved. Absolutely, and you have a guy like Wyatt, who has always just had this mind for the business, but maybe it's a little too much. I think that's great, though. Like, yeah. I think I think he's 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 so into it that when you let him let him sort of you know be in charge, you get super cool shit. Yeah, but he's been back three and a half months and hasn't wrestled a match yet. <laughs> he beat up a cameraman. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, his debut in September was awesome. His comeback was so sick that... Are we gonna, are we just gonna skip over the scrum? We're, 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 we're gonna rewind to that. Okay. That was, this was the week after. We're gonna rewind. (laughs) We're, We're gonna rewind in a moment. Um... Sunday shows are fine if they're Labor Day weekend, by the way. Correct. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. If you, yeah, if you're, if it's the holiday the next day, run it on Sunday. Yeah, why it's why it's debut happened was fucking sick. And I love what, and that's also th- a thing too that you you look at, like because Extreme Rules happened before that, and like in the Extreme Rules poster, 
in the background there were like the these lantern, fire, lantern the fireflies, and fireflies and people were like what is it's it's you know and 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 you know before cameras and stuff would come on you had the the white rabbit music playing yeah. and like just and it's one of those things that like everybody knew it was going to happen yeah i was intently intently watching raw yeah and smackdown for the qr codes yeah um okay first things first um AEW, for some stupid fucking reason, decided to introduce trios belts. They had the ROH trios <laughs> belts, which, which they could have just made a company-wide thing. But no, they need their own set of trios belts because the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega didn't want the tag and world title anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So, in the what I believe was the second match of the night... Oh yeah, they had the god-awful casino ending to that casino ladder match. Mm. Where... Uh, I can't imagine. We've talked about this before. I can't imagine how much I had to pay for the fucking Rolling Stones song. Goddamn, dude. Yeah. Side yeah. side note to that, you, you want to talk about like payment and stuff. Um, the Office Christmas episode, my brother told me this yesterday mm. after we, or yeah, Christmas morning after we watched it. Uh, they use Your Body is a Wonderland in one song, mm-hmm. but the budget for the show was running low. So the actor that plays Ryan, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, BJ Novak. Yeah. Uh, called John Mayer and was like, we don't have the money to pay you. Can we just use the song for free? He goes, I have one condition. He's like, oh, okay, what is it? And he goes, I want a Dundee Award. <laughs> so he is the only non-cast member to actually have one of those. Bravo. Uh, so, but yeah, can't imagine how much they played for... Won't you guess my name? Pleased to meet you. I can't remember. Sympathy for the Devil. Sympathy for the Devil. Holy shit. Yeah. Because MJF is the devil. Yeah. Uh, so, Bucks and Omega won the trio's belts. Uh, Punk is back from injury. We're going to glaze over that stupid like unification match that went four minutes. Because it was dumb and pointless. Yeah. Uh, so, Punk comes out. He is ready to kind of wrestle. And, you know, he wrestles Mox. Wins the world title. Injures himself. Again. Again. Doing a suicide dive. And he said, he said in a promo the week before that, that he is going to wrestle until the wheels fall off. Uh-huh. And one of them did. So he also said in an interview leading up to that, that the media scrum or the media interview after All Out was going to be interesting. Well, he didn't lie. He didn't lie, which, which made me think that it was a work when it happened. Yeah, because of that, I was like, "All right, he are like he's he's foreshadowing that that, that this was going to be interesting." So, like, this is this has to be a work then, right? So, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um. So, the first person to get up and ask a question is a guy who used to do improv theater with Colt Cabana. So, the guy gets up, he's ready to ask his question, and uh, Punk goes, actually, I'm going to, I have a question to ask you, and he starts referring to Cabana by his own name. I don't know Cabana, I'm not going to call him his actual name. Yeah. He's Colt Cabana to me. Yeah. And he says, no... Um, I haven't dealt with him in six or seven years. And he goes, oh, well, you used to be friends with him, right? And he was like, well, yeah, around the same time you were. Pointing out that Cabana and Punk were friends too at some point. Right, right. Again, reminding Punk that this was six to seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, things just go downhill from there. He goes in on... On the Bucks, he goes in on Hangman, and the craziest thing is he goes he goes in on Hangman for saying Hangman, you know, the thing about workers' rights. But he also goes in on, on Hangman for saying I, I don't really need advice. I I want to be my own person. And meanwhile, if you flash back, there's this interview where Punk did in 2011 where he's like, "In 10 years, I hope people are telling me they don't need my advice." Well, the survey said that was a lie. Or the lie right. detector said that was a lie. Right. Um, right. So, you know, he... 
uh, I'm old, I'm tired, I'm fucking hurt, and I work with fucking children. Mm-hmm. Says a dude who's throwing a fucking temper tantrum in front of a room right. of reporters. While eating muffins and drinking sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this weird... And, and that's what made me think that it was a work initially because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there watching it like, okay, this is, he's obviously acting, mm-hmm. right? He's eating food and talking shit about the vice presidents of a company that he is employed by. Like, how, how is this legit? You know, how is this not a work? Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't, like, he hasn't taken down his one-year anniversary post from his Instagram or anything, which features a picture of him in the Bucks. Yeah. Um... And don't get me wrong, if Nick Jackson was the one to start the rumor online and to leak it to the news that Cabana had been, quote-unquote, demoted to Ring of Honor, then... Wait, which one's the younger one? Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson, my bad. Um, If Matt Jackson was the one to do that, fuck him. You know, he was talking out the side of his mouth, didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Like, that's bullshit. But... Like, Hangman, or being pissed about the Hangman stuff is what's the most baffling to me. Correct. Because I just don't fucking understand why he's so mad about someone doing the same shit he was doing in WWE ten years ago. Right. It's It was super cool when he was in charge. Yeah. Uh, and as long as as long as he's calling shots and he's in charge, then it's a okay. But when a when when a when a system and when a company sort of transcends you as an individual, like I can I can see him being put out by that, or 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 you know for whatever reason you know it he, him taking offense to it uh, because. You know, he had this big return and, you know, this year-long thing in, in, in AEW. Um, and, you know, his merch was selling like crazy. He was he was, he was was top of the world again after being gone for however many years, right? Yeah. Like, so, so when you're, when you're welcomed back like that and you're at the top of the, top of the world and, and you, you are able to call these shots and stuff, being reminded of your past transgressions and being reminded of that you used to be full of piss and vinegar is going to make some people angry. Correct. And like it just he he like in a company that employs Chris Jericho you came off like a bigger asshole. Right. And also how is Chris Jericho coming across as the guy who's put in the most work in AEW this year? (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I mean, unwanted, but but, but, but yeah, no, right? you're not wrong. Um, so fast forward, Punk makes all his comments. Yep. It leads to some sort of altercation, depending on whose side, what side you want to believe, sure. whatever. Uh, Punk never really said much about it, and I think it's because he doesn't want to risk his contract buyout. Yes, I could be. I could be wrong. I could be talking out of the side of my mouth, but. The reason I don't think he ever refuted a lot of the stuff that came out online was because, one, he didn't want to, and two, he didn't want to risk anything that could be considered, quote-unquote, a breach of contract. Right, absolutely. The first phone call he made was to his wife. The second one was to his lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, so, and I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I, I, I've defended and not defended punk in this because it's a really weird situation but that's at the end of the day if you show up if i'm in a room with one of my buddies and you show up with six of your friends and the head of legal and throw my door open i'm probably going to assume that you want things to get physical too and especially if if one of the rumors was that and punk's posted a picture his dog is legitimately missing teeth yeah if they threw the door open, they hit his dog in the face and knocked the dog's teeth out, I'd probably just swing before I spoke, too. Absolutely. You hit my fucking dog, and again, we know how much CM Punk loves his dog. Yeah. So, everybody loves their dogs, so if you hurt my dog, I am coming for your face. Yeah. Yeah, if I go after Doofy and accidentally knock one, you know, 
Even if it's on accident, if I hit your dog in the face with a door. You hit my dog with a door, brother, we are going at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that. I absolutely get that. Yeah. Um, and so it ends up with Omega and the Bucks being suspended. Punk indefinitely suspended. Ace Steel being fired. Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa suspended for shorter periods of time. They were, right. were both brought back two weeks right. later. And also, please keep in mind that this is a time when people are like, who the fuck is Ace Steel? Yeah. <laughs> and let's also look at this where, because uh, Ace Steel has been working as a booker. Yeah. Um, but looking at it, CM Punk had just won the world title. He, he was hurt anyway, so he was going to have to relinquish again. Yeah. But... Kenny and the Bucks had just become the inaugural trios champs. Right. So honestly, you know, they come up with new trios champs the first night on Dynamite. And, you know, Tony Khan does the only thing he can do, appears in a, you know, video. A pre-taped. A (laughs) pre-taped statement. uh, Stripping the world and trios titles. And I think they made a misstep with the world title. It should have been Danielson. Absolutely. Um... And, you know, there are rumors that Danielson didn't want it, but, and I love John Moxley, but if they were going to do the, the regal swerve, it carries so much more emotion if it's to Danielson. Yes. Um, and like, honestly, you know, there's, there's little stuff to touch on, on, you know, Sammy Guevara fights the locker room, but somehow manages to stay on TV. He, call, he calls Eddie Kingston a fat piece of shit and Eddie pie faces him and gets yeah. suspended for two weeks. Yeah. Eddie came out and said he blew that out of proportion. Fair. Fine. Whatever. Sure. Uh, the Andrade situation and Andrade was very much and probably still is very much. And I, I would not blame TK if he makes him just sit at home for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Pays him his downside, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's certain dudes. Like, just let Miro go. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, and, and that was, you know, the thing we were talking about with Tony Combine Ring of Honor. Like, okay, now your roster is so bloated that, like, it's like you, you had, you, yes, you got all of these gems. Now, like, you can't fit them all in your crown. Like, they, it's not going to work. Like, there's no way any of these people get a significant amount of screen time when you're no. working with all these different people. And, like, it's okay, man. Like, it's professional wrestling, bro. Like, they'll come back. Like everybody, it's a it's a big it's a it's a it's a big revolving door. Yeah. Right. We all know where these things lead. Right. Because as of now, it's like Impact. Eh. Okay. MLW is that still a thing? Like, who cares? Who cares? Right? Like, so NWA is trying to shoot themselves in the foot as much right? as possible. So it's like, and uh, so it's like uh, you have these you have these people who are like, there's really only two places you can go. Yeah, there right? are only two, there are several small, but there are two big promotions in the professional wrestling world. Right, and, and if you if you are a good wrestler, you will end up at one of the two. Yeah, um, but like looking at. Uh, looking at those two promotions, like, let Miro go. Um, if you weren't going to do anything with... I'm, I'm, I'm happy they let uh, Malachi go have his time. Like, yes. have his time away, yes. have his time to kick back, relax, and, and kind of do that's, his thing. I think that is uh, them sort of realizing, like, hey, again, these people help us shape what their characters and what their storylines are. So if, and especially with a, with, you know, an outfit like AEW, like because of it's just the way it's set up, you know, these people are allowed to go make money in other venues. So you're not getting as big a paycheck as you are used to getting. So you have to have these people involved. And so when you have someone that says, I need to take a break or I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Like you have to let them take a break. Um, which is incredibly fair. Uh, you know, giving Rollins like writing Rollins off TV for a while so he can go see it. You know, be there for the birth of his daughter a couple Absolutely. years ago was sick. Like, yeah. And he's he's better for it. Like you can see that he is a better wrestler for it, yeah. right? As opposed to being like, nope, you got to still be here every week and and read these words. Yeah. Like I I never and I mean never understood how Miz. 
only missed like two weeks of deal. His daughter was born on a Friday in LA. He still he still wrestled at Mania Sunday for the IC title. Yeah. Um and still wrestled on Raw the next night too. Yep. Like Jesus. <laughs> Bro, like lose at Mania, then go like Yeah. Go go take three weeks, yeah. man. Like Alright, so after after the scrum, uh we get to what? Uh, Clash of the Castle, Clash which was the castle. fucking sick. Um, and this and this is the second Triple H pay per view. Second or third? I can't remember. Extreme Honest, Rules was the second. SummerSlam, Extreme Rules, and then Clash of the Castle. Clash of the Castle. And Clash of the Castle, I would say, was um, number one best WWE pay per view they've done this year. The Resurrection of Sheamus. Yeah. <laughs> if you like. If you told me Sheamus was going to be a huge name in WWE in 2022, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, well, and it's weird too because like I have uh, you know some dear friends that live in Wales, and they have friends who are into wrestling, and to have a major event in Wales like that stadium was packed. Yeah, it was packed. It was a fucking soccer stadium. And that shit was dumped. So it's like, yes, you can go other places that are not called Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll say this again. Drew should have beaten Roman. Thousand percent. Drew should have beaten Roman. You know, unless unless it's some sort of grand plan that we are not privy to. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if, if you would have ended... The Roman Reigns era at Clash of the Castle, I could have been like, "All right, cool. That's that's a fitting end because it's it's no longer in Vince's hands, right? So this is a good way to sort of, you know, push out the the last remaining bit of his storylines." Uh, but they didn't do that. No. But we got to see we got to see uh, uh, Drew McIntyre swing sing "Sweet Caroline." <laughs> If I never see Tyson Fury on WWE TV, TV again, I'll be so happy. Ugh, fuck that guy. Yep. Um, but like again, kind of like looking more into it. It was it was the first non Saudi Arabia or North American pay per view in like thirty years. Yep. Well, no, I guess they had that kind of like it was a network exclusive, not a pay per view, where they did that. Uh, oh, what they call it. Um, the one where it's when Kevin Owens beats, or it's when Finn beats Kevin Owens for the NXT title oh, the show. Yeah, and the first time Kofi wrestled uh, Brock Lesnar, he actually got some offense in in that one. He did. Still mad. Yeah, still mad. Oh my god, we forgot about Big E breaking his neck. Oh yeah, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, fuck. That was March fourth. I was just like, I was looking that up earlier. Yeah. Like, holy shit, Big E like. Breaking his neck on SmackDown March fourth, and then New Day losing that fucking match. At... Well, it, well, we'll say Biggie had his neck broken yeah. for him. <laughs> it was yeah, Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland fucked up that throw. Yep. Um, and he landed on his neck, and he landed hard. Uh, thankfully, he's no longer in a neck brace. Didn't need surgery, and is doing incredibly well for someone who broke their neck and it was just like I think like he and Ricky Starks are two dudes who are universally loved in the world of wrestling yep because uh, there are people I didn't even know that knew Big E and I mean I'm sure it's kind of like a brotherhood or sisterhood a family of pro wrestling sure um, where non uh, where even people that probably didn't know Big E were probably like wishing like wishing him well and praying sure. for him and thinking about him and that kind of shit. Yeah. But yeah, so much shit has happened this year <laughs> that Biggie breaking his neck feels uh, like not forgotten. But um, so Clash of the Castle, nothing I can really think of in October. More comebacks, I'm sure. I mean, Hangman, they... Hangman got the concussion at the yeah. show in Cincy, but like nothing. Nothing huge. WWE, they didn't. And we, we, like, 
I love how neither one of us are talking about NXT. Because, <laughs> you know, that was Halloween Havoc, but was there? Yeah. Uh, I like Breaker, but I'm ready for him to lose that belt. I just, man, there's, I, I find it, uh, I find it incredibly uncompelling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, whoever, if Grayson Waller isn't the one to beat him for the belt, and no joke, if Trips is smart, he'll do Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker at Mania. Yeah. Um, yeah. because Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller is a dude you could kind of like build if they had two world belts, if you have Roman on SmackDown, you could have Grayson Waller feuding with guys like Riddle, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, and have it be very easily believable on yeah. Monday Night Raw. Um, Sadly, Austin Theory. <sighs> <laughs> so, honestly, like the, the biggest thing I can think of about November is the return of the Elite, and then their very childish antics on Dynamite the following week where they were the return of being the elite featured them filming the crowd and like you know they had this song playing and then it cuts out for five seconds so where they just filmed the crowd doing the fuck CM Punk chant um one of the Jacksons failing to do the buckshot lariat and falling on his butt Kenny Omega biting someone's arm it was all just very like it's it it's like it's juvenile shit. Yeah. Right. It is. It's petty. It's juvenile, and it's uh, it's. I don't know. It it may have been like a good idea, but done the way that it executed in the way that it was, it just came off as 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 childish and and petty. Very and, asinine. And very asinine. Very sort of thumb in the eye, to. People who were like, hey, this is a problem. Yeah. You know? And... Gotta talk about the feeling oozy promo. Bro, again, Sami Zayn... Is uh, a fucking treasure. Is a, is a fucking treasure, and I hope, I hope WWE pays him and Kevin Owens whatever they want for as long as they want, because... Holy shit, man. Like... He like, if if this whole bloodline thing was a storyline without Sami Zayn, it, it's stale. You, you could you could you could dig to the center of the earth and not find any fucks for me to give. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it's it's so stale. Yeah, it's so stale without Sami. Absolutely. Um, and you and know, the, and the whole way that they're building it to where like you know a a a. A, uh, a something is coming, yeah, right? You, you know, a massive beatdown of Sami Zayn is happening, right. At some point, right? And you know, I'm really looking forward to him and Owens being the one that beat the Usos in LA, right? right. Um, but you know, the the whole thing where he just tries, he just tries to break all of the Anawaii family during. Pro- oh yeah, he broke Paul Heyman during yeah. the Usi promo. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh, uh, Sami Zayn comes from the Will Ferrell school of of comedy, yeah. where it's like I'm going to make you laugh, and I'm gonna do my best to try to break you, and and that's how we both get better. Yeah, and that entire promo is so good because Roman facing talks about you know we have drama we need to do, so I'm gonna let y'all handle it, and Roman never stops looking forward until you know Sammy's like, well, the tribal chief said we have to. And Jay goes, I don't give a damn with the travel chief. And Roman has his head down. He just shoots his head up. Yeah. And he starts the turn. And that's when, like, Sammy's like, he just wasn't feeling very. And you can see uh, Jimmy in the background already with his hands over his face. Just so ready. And when he says he wasn't feeling very uh, oozy. <laughs> and Jay tries to walk away at one point. And Roman just, like, grabs by there. He's like, come right here to me. Yeah. You're not feeling oozy. And it was just this, like, moment that just felt like pro wrestling and specifically the bloodline were fucking fun again. Right. And they had done so much to, like, 
he just completely rejuvenates them. Survivor Series was great, like him turning on Owens to get Owens pinned, and yep. everything that happened there was just perfect. And then, um, not much in December I can really what, think of. War Games? Oh yeah, fucking wet. That was yeah. War Games, yeah, yeah, where he turned on Sammy. The yeah. War Games match was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, a very Triple H move and very sick to see War Games on the main roster. Absolutely, dude. Like, because it had been relegated to NXT for the past eight years? Yeah. Nine years? <laughs> and I love that everyone else is standing and Roman had a chair and was <laughs> sitting in the cage that his team had. And, and I think, and that's, that's you know, what that's what makes it work so well and that's what because for how long did, were people like oh the Roman Reigns shit is, is stale it's boring it's oh no here we go gonna smash and stack him again blah 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 but having having someone like Sami Zayn you know to play off of that's that's what makes it compelling yeah. and, that, and that's what makes it entertaining well and that moment where um That moment where, uh, like, Jay starts the match and Jimmy's getting ready to go and he grabs him by the arm and just points at Sam without words, just points at Sammy and points at the ring. Yeah. Was just, like, chef's kiss levels of good because it made, you know, the whole, the, the whole match was revolving around, um, Sammy and, are Jay and Sammy going to be able to work together? So, and you know, the inevitable betrayal of Owens and Owens tribute to Dusty Gear was fucking sick with awesome. the, awesome. the elbow pad and the black. Yep. Uh, can't really think of much in December. Can't really think of anything like that. So we were already over an hour. So yep. one question, then I'm going to let you go. And I, okay. I, I poised this to uh, the Blantons and Ken earlier. So I'm going to okay. ask you to taking his work from January to June and then his two matches with Mox. Does Punk make your top ten of the year? No. Just on wrestling bias. Still no? Still no. Okay. That's fair. Still no. Uh, the Dog Collar match was one of my favorite matches of the year, but I don't think Punk does for me either. No. Um, no. It, it's hard to look past. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I was more amped for his entrance the AFI entrance, like that got me more hype than his actual match did. Yeah. And MJF coming out to cult personality was fucking sick. And then, um, you know, the, the, you know, just knowing cause the, the buyout of ROH had happened. So knowing that the AFI was coming yeah. was fucking sick. Yeah. But we're at an hour and eight minutes. Okay. We've run over, so... I'll say top wrestler of the year, uh, Daxi X. Daxi X? Oh, absolutely. Number Definitely one. top five for me. Um, number one of the year, is it's so hard for me to pick out of the five I mentioned. Sure. Because, like, just so fucking good. Um, right. Bianca, far and away the best women's wrestler of yes, the year. Yes, Bianca, Bianca. Um, Bianca's better than most of the men's wrestlers this year. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, with that... Guys, I am also Chris, as always. I'm Justin Stewart, the third leg of FWB. Thank you. Good night.